That was good, wasn't it? You may be seated. Thought we'd go a little old school with the songs tonight. Just uh, had somebody ask me this morning, like, what were those new songs that we did? They're about, about 200 years old. They're about 200 years old. Um, holiday season is upon us, and some people have probably already started your Christmas shopping. So I got to do a quick survey because I, I got to figure out what I'm working with tonight. Um, there are two types of shoppers. There's the kind of shopper that you like to go and shop, like you like to be out amongst the people. And then there's the online shopper. So who are my, who are my people that you like to go out and shop and be amongst the people? Y'all need help. I mean, y'all, y'all need serious help. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I need help. You, that you can buy stuff with this. You can just be like, hey, bought, bought, don't have to see her, sent, don't even have to see them, just send it to their house. It is amazing. And, and, and some people are like, don't you just love the experience? No, I don't, because people call me Pastor Pete, and so I don't love the experience at all. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because one thing I'm sure we have in common, everybody in the room, everybody watching online, is this. We hate to wait. We hate to wait. There's not one single person in this room that woke up this morning and said, today, I want to wait. I'm going to wait until it's prime time at the restaurants, and I'm going to go, I hope I have an hour-long wait, because I love to wait. I want to go to the doctor tomorrow, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get there when they open. I'm going to wait that they've been open a couple hours, and I'm just going to randomly walk in, because I love waiting rooms at the doctor's office. Nobody loves to wait. And the reason I bring that up is because um, this past Monday, this, pa- this past Monday, I, I ran out of snacks, and I got to have snacks at night, and I got certain snacks, and I get the munchies at night, and uh, I don't... I don't get the munchies because I smoke weed. I don't smoke weed. I've never smoked weed in my life. If you smoke weed, stop it. Um, it's not legal in South Carolina. Go to Colorado. Come back. Don't tell me about it. Anyway, I do not advocate for smoking weed. I'm just saying I don't smoke weed, but I do get the munchies because of the way I exercise. And one of my favorite snacks is Boom Chicka Pop. Now, I love this particular popcorn because it's, it's the kettle corn kind, and it's, it's good. And it's, it's not really super bad for you, but it's kind of bad for you, and so I, I like it. But Monday, I was out, so I got on my little Amazon Prime app thing on my phone, and I was looking for Boom Chicka Pop, and I found same-day delivery. In Anderson, South Carolina, we have arrived, people. And so I, I, I scrolled down, and I said, oh, you can get same-day delivery? So I bought five bags of Boom Chicka Pop, and, and I ordered it, and I thought nothing about it. Until I got home that night and I started, I started getting the munchies. I started getting the munchies. I looked, it was 8 o'clock and I didn't have my boom chicka pop. So I started pulling up my little app. Quit. I started pulling up my little app and it said, because you can track your packages. Did y'all know this? Y'all stalk people online. It's legal. Um, and it said, your driver is in your neighborhood and he's four stops away. <sighs> y'all, it was glorious because I sat there, it was like three stops I stood there and watched the whole thing happen. And then I heard my dogs go psycho. And I was like, he's here. And I got, I got my, now the reason I bring that up is because this is 2023. Same day delivery is common. But the first time I ever ordered anything, I could ever remember ordering anything was 1979. We didn't have same day delivery in 1979. We had the Pony Express pretty much in 1979. And, and so I saw an advertisement for Mickey Mouse Disco on the television because we didn't have online. We had TV, three channels, and I was the remote control of my house. And, 
and I remember this, this record was advertised. By the way, the best song on it was Macho Macho Duck. Um, and I remember telling my mom, I want that. I, I, can I get that? Can I get that? And she's like, yeah, just get down the 800 number. So I wrote down the 800 number, give it to mama. Mom makes a phone call, and she just does this the whole time. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And she's writing down stuff. And she hung up. I said, when's it coming in? She said, well, I got I to take all this information. I got to put it on this check. I got to put this check in the mail. It's going to go to a P.O. box. And they said it will be here in four to six weeks. Yep. <laughs> that was very common. I was like, all right, well, it'll be here in four to six. I forgot about it by the time it came in. I, I totally forgot about it. And that was, if, they, if somebody told us four to six weeks, we would talk to them. We'd talk to their supervisor. We'd cancel them online. We'd give them a one-star negative. We'd give them negative reviews because we hate to wait. This is why I, teenagers sometimes, I love teenagers, but sometimes I have to laugh at them because they'll be on their little phone. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, the internet is so slow on my phone. They'd say it just like that. Oh, my gosh, the internet is so slow on my phone. I'm like, you don't know jack about slow internet. Let me tell you about slow internet. I rest my case. Y'all remember when we did that and then you had that one friend that would always send you a picture that took 18 minutes to download and buy, it was almost done downloading and somebody in the next room didn't know you were on the internet, picked up the phone. Yeah, that's where you learned to cuss. Don't, don't lie to me, I know. The reason I bring all this up is because we hate to wait. We hate to wait. And if we're, if we're being honest, no, we're not supposed to get this honest in church, but I'm just going to be real honest. We hate to wait on God. I mean, I know all the verses about those who wait, upon the Lord, wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles, but I'm like, I don't want to mount up with wings like eagles. I, wanna, I want God to answer my prayer request. Don't, don't you just wish that sometimes you would just pray for something and God would answer immediately? Now, I've had that happen like one or two times ever, but sometimes I, I hate to pray for something, feel like that something that I'm praying for is in the will of God, and then it don't happen. And there's some people here tonight, I'd be willing to bet that if you were honest, like 100% honest, there's some stuff you've been wanting to God to do maybe in your life. Maybe you got a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter or somebody that you, you are tight with, but they walked away from Jesus and you, want, and, and you are waiting and you are waiting your best, but it's not happening in your time and you hate to wait. Just like Abraham and Sarah. We've been talking about them for a few weeks. God promised them that they were going to have a son. And that's a, that's a pretty big promise. And that's what we talked about the very first week in this series. But today, we're going to reconnect with them 24 years later. And they don't have what God promised them. You think they, had, you think they were dealing with some doubt? Yes or no? Absolutely, because if somebody would have made you a promise in 1999, right, and maybe you don't remember it because you were partying like it was 1999, y'all remember Y2K and all that stuff was going crazy, it, 1999 was, was 24 years ago. If somebody made you a promise in 1999 and it hadn't happened yet, I'm pretty sure that all of us in this room would probably think it's just not happening. So God promised them promise them 
I'm going to bless you with a son. And, and at first, they were probably like, okay. And here they are, 24 years later. He's 99. She's 89. Do you think they thought it wasn't going to happen? Absolutely. I'll prove it to you. Watch this. We're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 18. I love this. The Lord appeared to get, again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. Like we're supposed to know where that is. It's down near Belton somewhere. But one day, one day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. Now, y'all stay with me because this is kind of funny and I, I got to explain it. A 99-year-old man. When you think about a 99-year-old man, nobody in this room is thinking runner. If a 99-year-old man is in a hurry to go somewhere, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying this is what it's going to look like. He's going. <laughs> Am I right? Got the little tennis balls on the walker. Hey, my dad had one. I'm, I'm, my dad had one when he was 70. I'm 52 right now. I'm 18 years away. Y'all going to see me up here going, like Pastor P up there trying to walk around. <laughs> Shannon, I told you, I got to be nice to Shannon because she's going to push my wheelchair. I, I, I've already got this figured out. So 99-year-old men usually don't run, right? Stay with me. One day, Abram was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. Now, we're going to find out later on in this text, this is Jesus and two angels. If you're going to send somebody a message, if, if, if God wants to send me a message and he wants to do it through Jesus and two angels, I think I would be open. I think I, think I would like to say I would be open. When he saw them, he ran. Didn't say he scooted. It said he ran. 99-year-old man running around in the desert. I think, in my mind, I can see it. 99, he just took off. He ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. There's one translation that says, do not pass me by. And, and that's a song, and I don't even have time, but stay with me. Verse 4, rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And, and since you have honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before, your, before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran. There he is again. We got Forrest Gump in the Bible. He's running here. He's running. He's 99 years old, man. Boy, you're going to have a heart attack. Slow down. But he's running everywhere. So he ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, pause. Don't you think this might have been a good time? For him to say, hey, Sarah, you know that God I've been telling you about? Because so far, Sarah had never seen or heard from God. Abraham had heard God's voice very clearly that we know of three or four times. So don't you think that Abraham would have said, hey, Sarah, you know that, that Jesus guy is here. He's got a couple angels with him. They got these wings. They, I, you have got to come. But no, no, this, this is how you know the Bible's true. Because he's a man, so he wasn't thinking. So he was just on automatic pilot. So this is what he said. He said, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour. Knead it into dough and bake some bread. In the Hebrew, if you break that down, it says, girl, make some biscuits. <laughs> it didn't really say it in the Hebrew. I was just seeing if y'all pay attention. So he was like, you got to make some big old cat head biscuits so we can put some, some gravy on them and so, or some syrup or some, some real butter and some honey. I mean, we got to have some biscuits now. 
Abraham's sneaky because I want you, I want, there's a mystery with the biscuits. I'm going to see if you can catch it. Check this out. So verse 7 says, then Abraham ran. There he is again. I told you all, the 99-year-old man running all over the place out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. And that's biblical evidence that, that meat is not supposed to be cooked well done. If you get your steak well done, you're, un, you're not like Jesus, all right? Because, dear God, get a pork chop, all right? So who quickly prepared it. So it's like medium, medium rare. And verse 8 said, when the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and roasted meat, and he served it to the men. Pause. Where are the biscuits? Abraham ate them because he'd been doing all that running. He was hungry. He ate the biscuits. That's what I think. I can't prove it, but they're not in the text. So as they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Abraham waited, waited. He just waited. Can you imagine that? You ran all over the place. They're eating. You're like, he refit. Okay, yeah, cool. You, you need some water? Oh, that's what? Oh, that's wine. How'd you do that? Anyway, so just keep going. A Bible joke. He, he waited on them in the shade of the trees. And this happens. Where is Sarah, your wife? I love the fact. They didn't say, where is your wife, Sarah? They said, where is Sarah, your wife, the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham rep replied. I love this because <clears throat> one, of the, one of the most honoring things that somebody can call you is when they actually call you by your name. Have you ever met somebody and you introduce yourself to them? I remember meeting this guy one time. I introduced myself. I saw him like five or six years later. Um, at an event, he walked up to me and said, hey, Perry, how are you doing? I went, well, I don't, see, I didn't get that. I don't have that thing. You can tell me your name, and as soon as I hear it, I forget it. You can tell me a phone number, and I got it. I can remember it for the rest of my life. But a name, I, I never forget. I was at the jockey lot one time. I don't know why I was there. I probably needed um, some deodorant and uh, some Little Debbie's and a duck, and, and you can get them all the same place at the jockey lot. So I was at it, and this girl came up to me, and she was like, and by the way, just time out, I hate it when people do this. I just hate it. But she was like, hey. I said, how you doing? She said, you remember my name? I was like, no, sweetheart, I don't. I, I do not remember your name. And she, that bottom lip started quivering a little bit. She started crying. She said, you were in my wedding. And this was before I was drinking, y'all. I was totally sober. I mean, I, I, hadn't had, I was like, what? what? What is happening? I said, I don't think I was, I think you got me mixed up with somebody else. I wasn't. And then her husband walked up. And I called him by his name because I remembered him. Me and him were boys. Like, we were friends. I, I forgot her. She's kind of weird. Um, and, but I, I, I'd forgotten her. But I, I'm horrible with names, which is huge because in this text, they didn't say, where's your wife? They said, where is Sarah? They called Sarah by her name. Now, the reason that's important is because Sarah probably didn't identify with her name because that name meant mother of nations. She probably more identified with her shame because in that society, if a woman could not have a child, that woman, people would, people, 
you might not believe this, but there was a time when people would gossip about people and they would say, something's wrong with her. There's sin in her life. She obviously isn't right with God. If she was right with God, then she would have a blessing of not just one baby, but babies. And, and she carried so much shame with her. But when Jesus showed up, he didn't call her by her shame. He called her by her name. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I would be willing to bet you that in this room and watching online tonight, there are some people in this room that we just carry around some shame. We, we, we carry around some shame. Shame about the way the, the first marriage went. Shame about the addiction. Shame about the anxiety. Shame. It's the thing that we don't talk about. And, and we're afraid to... We're afraid to open up we're afraid to give our lives to christ or maybe we're able to or we're unwilling to surrender because we're afraid all that shame is going to come out and it, it is going to come jesus will replace that shame with this thing called amazing grace cover it if you're in christ is paid for and listen the enemy calls us by our shame but jesus calls us by our name so he said where is the mother of nations is what he's saying right here she's inside the tent abraham replied watch this then one of them said i will not i might not i could but i will return to you about this time next year and your wife sarah will have a son completely screwed up the gender reveal but he just did it right there they didn't get to shoot the pink balloon or anything or the blue balloon or whatever and so so you would think you would think, because we've said this before. I just want to point this out again. I've had people say this before, and I've said this. If I could just have an experience like some of these people had in the Bible, I would believe. But it's not true. You know how we know? Because the people in the Bible didn't believe. You would think that if Jesus and two angels showed up and let you know, you'd be like, I'm going to start making plans. You, they would be on Amazon. And they'd be like, okay, we got to get the Jumpin' Johnny. We got to get the thing. We got to get the arm sling. We got to get the, the, the oh, get that diaper genie. Okay, we got to get the diaper genie. Ordering all this baby stuff, getting the cribs and the onesies and everything for the baby. Because Jesus and two angels just told you, you're going to have a baby. But there's a problem. He's 99. She's 89. 89 and 99, that's not baby-making time from what I understand. Am I right? 99, and so, so it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's kind of hard to believe a promise from God when you're in the middle of some overwhelming circumstances. God, that, that would have been a great idea 50 years ago. But I am I am closing in on a century, God, and she's 89. So, so we see next, Sarah was, <laughs> Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. You got, you got, anybody got that friend? If you're on your phone texting, they're, they're always looking over your shoulder, trying to see who you text and figure it out. So, so Sarah, Sarah's eavesdropping. She's, she's in the tent. She's like, what is, who is he talking to? And she can't see Jesus but she can hear him. They're both having an experience with Jesus, but it's a little different because he can, Abraham can see him and hear him. She can only hear him, but she hears Jesus say, you're going to have a son. Now watch this. 
Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And I don't think 99 and 89, I don't think that's a stretch to call people very old. I'm pretty sure we had no 99-year-olds here today. Maybe an 89, but not, and I didn't ask, but probably not a 99. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. Now, this is what I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet if we could have sat Abraham and Sarah down and had a conversation with them and asked them this question. You're 99, you're 89. Where did you think you would be in life by now? And I'll bet you they would have answered, I don't know, but I thought we would be further than we are right now. With him being 99 and her being 89, I'll bet you they would have said something like, man, I thought that by this time we'd have had five or six children, maybe 15 or 20 grandchildren. And anytime the holidays came around, we'd have all these people and all these presents and all this stuff. But every year when the, quote, holidays came around, it was Abraham and Sarah in the rocking chairs looking at each other, going back and forth, going, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we heard from God. And, and the reason I say that is because I bet you we got some people in this room tonight feeling kind of like Abraham and Sarah you're not exactly where you thought you would be in life. Like if somebody would ask you 20 years ago, is this where you're going to be in life? You would have said, oh, no. But, but some stuff happened. All of us, stuff happened. Like you didn't, you didn't see the job loss coming or you didn't see the, the, the addiction coming or you, you didn't see the marriage going back. You didn't see that. And so you're at a place right now where you never thought you would be and, and you feel stuck. Can God do anything with this messed up life? Don't miss this. Abraham and Sarah would have said, we thought we would be further along, but God would have said to them, you're exactly where I wanted you to be. Somebody needs to hear, God's not surprised by where you are, and he can still do incredible things miraculous things if you'll just open your heart and let him have his way. Amen? Amen? So, so watch this. Watch this. They, they thought they'd be further along. He said, you're going to have a baby. Sarah laughed silently. <laughs> you ever been somewhere and you weren't supposed to laugh? I got in trouble for this. An older man walked out this morning, so I'm going to tell the story again. Um, I, I was at a funeral one time. And as nobody in this room knows this person, it was in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But they asked me to do the funeral, and I said, yeah. So I'm at the funeral, and it's a Baptist church. Y'all know the Baptist church? If you grew up in a Baptist church, you remember um, they had the thrones up behind the pulpit. They had the big throne for the senior pastor and the smaller thrones for the peons. And so I was sitting in a peon chair, and I was, I was, I was trying my best. You know, I'm trying to, I mean, I, I thought like four or five funerals, so I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. This guy got up to sing. How many of y'all know that some people in church try to sing and they can't sing? He was singing Beulah Land. And um, I liked that song until that day. And he ruined it for me. Because he got up and he was like, Beulah Land. I'm like, oh, God, I wish I was in Beulah Land right now. This is, this is awful. And there's always somebody that goes, 
but Pastor P, his heart was good. Yeah, but his voice sucked. Because and I was, so I'm sitting there in his funeral, and I looked on the very back row, and I had a buddy that had came with me, and he just went. <laughs> and I'm on stage going. I'm not supposed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. Um, so she's in the tent and she's laughing silently because she's like, okay, this is like Jesus and a couple angels. I'm not supposed to laugh. But then she said this, how could a worn out woman? And that's what's, that's what's happening to her as she's waiting. And that's what happens to us as we get worn out by the wait. I'm worn out trying to do what's right. I'm worn out trying to follow Jesus. I'm worn out like not going out with that group of friends, and it looks like they're having fun. I'm not having, I'm, I'm worn out. I've prayed, I've read my Bible, I've showed up at church, I'm worn out by this weight. I'm worn out. How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? She called her husband her master. Huh. Man, I don't think we got a shot at bringing that back. I'm just saying, it's a, that's probably, that's Old Testament. We in the New Testament, right? We say yes, ma'am now, but, but I'm just pointing that out. Don't bring that up to your wife. It probably won't go good. I love this. Then the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? And he's like, I don't know. She's a woman. You made her. You figure it out. You go in there and tell me why she laughed. I don't know. Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Then he said this, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, now we'll look at this story, and because we've read it, we're like, no, nothing is too hard for the Lord when I'm reading a Bible story about people I don't know. But let's pause for a minute and let's look at our own life and let me ask you this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord in your life? Like God can, God can do miracles. God can do amazing things. God can, you can experience breakthroughs. You can overcome things. The Holy Spirit gives us the power not to just endure life, but to actually enjoy it, to live an abundant life. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We can overcome addictions. We can overcome guilt. We can overcome shame because of who he is in us. So let's not just cheer Bible characters, but let's believe this stuff for ourselves. So he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Then he said, I will, I will. Not I might, not I could, but I will return about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. There it is again. And this next verse is kind of savage. But I'm just going to throw it in. I talked about it not too long ago, but I got to throw it in again because it's just so good. Watch this. Sarah was afraid. So she denied it saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did. <laughs> Straight up called her out. And, and y'all, the story ends here. There's like, he said, nah, you did. And he dropped the mic and he walked off the stage. And it's like, oh, was that going to happen? Now, what we're going to do is we're going to skip chapter 19. And we're going to skip chapter 20. I wanted to do chapter 19 and chapter 20, but we've got to do chapter 22 next week. And I'm going to have ladders on stage. And it's going to be amazing. I'm going to be climbing ladders. It's gonna, you won't forget the illustration. And if I fall, I'm sure we've got a charismatic in the, in the room. You can come get me healed. And, and we've got a Baptist in the room that can pray for my suffering during my time of affliction. And we've got a Presbyterian that will get us a bottle of wine. So we should be good right there. So we're going to skip ahead to verse 
chapter 21, verse 1. 99 and 89. And then they both have a birthday. And Abraham's 100. And Sarah's 90. Watch what happens. The Lord kept his word. Because he does. He always does. He always keeps his word. If he promised it, it's going to happen. So he kept his word. And did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. It's never late. Now, I didn't know what sex was until I was in the fifth grade. I lived a very sheltered life. My parents sent me to a hyper-conservative Christian school until I was in the fourth grade. The only thing I ever heard about sex was don't do it. And looking back, the reason they said don't do it is because it had probably been so long since most of them had done it that they had <laughs> forgot about it. And so I'm just throwing that out there. And, and so I, I just heard don't do it. That's all I knew. So I'm in the fifth grade. And I had a friend named Meatball. And I don't think you could call him Meatball today, but that's what he wanted to be called. His real name was Vincent, but he wanted to be called Meatball. So he said, call me Meatball. So that's what I called him. And one day he got mad. We got mad at each other at recess. And he said, man, you a virgin. I said, I ain't no virgin. So that led to a conversation that night at the dinner table. I'm sitting with my mom and my dad. I never forget this. My mom's sitting here. My dad's sitting here. I'm sitting here. We're eating. She said, what happened? Anything happened in school today? And I said, yeah. I said, Meatball, meat, Mama, Meatball called me a virgin. And all the color in my mom's face drained out. And so I was like, What's a virgin? Because Madonna hadn't sang that song yet, so I didn't know. I, I didn't know what a virgin was. I said, like, what's, a, what's a virgin? And she looked at my dad. So I looked at my dad, and my dad's looking at his plate. <laughs> I, said, I said, somebody, I said, what is a virgin? What is, and it, it was so uncomfortable. She looked at my dad, she said, Mel, tell him. <laughs> and the next 10 to 15 minutes, were the most horrifying, awkward 10 to 15 minutes of my life as my father explained to me where babies come from. I was like, who would do that? I'll just keep, anyway, hold on. Oh, wow, that filter kicked in. That was so good. Thank you, Jesus. You just saved my ministry again. All right, so we got it. Where are we at? Oh, she became pregnant. So, so this is for the people that say, I'm just going to trust in Jesus. He's going to do it all. Nope. Abraham and Sarah had to trust, had to take God at his word, correct? But they, then they had to enter into an agreement with one another and step forward in faith. Are we tracking? It was like they left and Abraham looked at Sarah. Sarah looked at Abraham and said, you got one more time? Throw on some Marvin Gaye. Let's just see what happens, right? And that was it. That was it. Yo, I'm just, I'm just, 
And by the way, if you're a kid in here and you're supposed to be an SC Kids and you're like, what is he talking about? Ask your mama tonight on the way home where babies come from. She would love, virgin, all that stuff. She'd love to explain it to you. She became pregnant. So God, God quote, didn't do it all because the only immaculate conception in the entire Bible was the, the Virgin Mary, Jesus' mom. So she became pregnant. The only way she got pregnant is because her and Abraham, once again, took God at his word and entered into an agreement and moved forward in faith. And that just showed me the power of agreement. If a husband and a wife come into an agreement around God's word and walk forward in faith, you'll see fruit unlike anything you ever imagined. Take, for example, the promise in the scripture, train up your child in the way he or she should go, and when they're old, they're not, they'll not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. So what if a husband and wife said, you know what? We're going to have our kid and SC kids every week. Every week. Because, because what we're doing over there in SC kids, we're not entertaining your children. We're planting an anchor so deep in their heart that if they ever do walk away from Jesus, they can't walk away far. And, and yes, we have a great kids ministry, but you having your kid there every week is what's going to make a difference in their lives. That's why we do it. Now, somebody might be here. Somebody might be here and they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not married, so I don't have a husband or wife. To, you know what? That's why we have the church. The Bible says if two or three are gathered together in my, my name, I'm there with them. If two or three are, are gathered together and we agree on something that it, that's in God's will, that's why we've got to have the church. That's why we've got to have one another. If we get in line with God's word and we walk forward in faith, if it, what, what could he do with a room this full of people that were that committed? My God, he could change the world. So, so they entered into an agreement and moved forward in faith. She got pregnant. And let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask the women. And the reason I'm going to ask the women is only women can have babies. I'm not trying to be controversial. I just have a three-digit IQ, and I know the science, all right? Only women can have babies. Thank God. Because men are sidelined for six months when we get a cold, all right? If we had to have a baby, we'd have to have five years of maternity leave. So women, just a question. Sarah's 90, 89, 90 years old and get pregnant. Is she concerned about the pregnancy? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. And thank God she didn't have Google. <laughs> you take an anxious person and introduce them to Google, y'all. I, I tried it one time. I had this headache. I couldn't figure out. It was like right here in this part of my head. So I put my symptoms, I did. I put my symptoms into Google, and it said, you, you could have a severe headache, or you could be having a brain aneurysm. And I went, whoa, there's a spectrum. <laughs> so anytime I meet somebody and they say, I, they say, well, I'm doing this because Google said, I'm like, Dr. Google sucks, all right? I'm, I'm telling you, go see a real doctor, every doctor. I, can you imagine how freaked out she would have been? I'm 90 and pregnant. Google would have shut down. <laughs> but you, ladies, ladies, when you get that, when you get that little baby bump, you get that little baby bump, she starts showing. And see, see, verse two, she became pregnant and gave birth. That that's like half a sentence and it covers nine months. 
That's a long nine months, isn't it, ladies? And six months along, do you think she's nervous about having this baby? Yes or no? Absolutely, because listen, this is like four or 5,000 years ago when they didn't have the medical technology. Many times in birth, not only would the child die, but the mother would die. Healthy mothers. And she's 90 getting ready to have a baby. She goes into labor. She's probably nervous. Is this going to work? Am I going to survive? Is this baby going to survive? And you know what I think? I can't prove this. I can't prove this. But every woman that has had a baby has nodded their head in agreement with today. You know when I think she felt peace for the first time? It's when they wrapped that baby up and she held it in her arms and saw his face. There's something about you see the face of that baby. You're like, man, this is, this is real. And the dad's behind you going, holy crap, this is real. And they had to give him cookies and orange juice. And all he did was stand there and tell you to push. <laughs> She's looking at that face. And do you think in that moment that all those worries and all those anxieties just disappeared because she's seeing the face of her child for the first time? Absolutely they did. Here's the reason I bring that up. Here's the reason I bring that up because verse 3 says, And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him. Everybody say, ouch. As God had commanded. That's another thing I ask your mom and daddy about if you don't know what it is. Verse 5, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Don't you love it? People used to laugh at her, but now they're laughing with her. See, God will handle the people that laugh at you if you just keep your eyes focused on him. God will bring you joy that you never thought you could have. That's what he did for Sarah and Abraham. And if he's the same yesterday and today and forever, why can't he do it for us? And verse 7 says... Who would have said that Abraham and Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. In other words, God's promise came true. Even though we had to wait for 25 years, it happened. I said all that tonight just to say that somebody in this room needs to understand God's promises are true for you. Philippians 1.6 says if he starts something, he will carry it on to completion. So for those of you that are waiting or you're worn out by the wait, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it because God still does miracles. We can still see breakthroughs. And if you're freaked out, worried, or anxious about that thing you're waiting on, tonight I'm just going to invite you to pause for a second and focus on the face of Jesus. That's what we do when we worship, is we just look at his face. We close our eyes and we envision him. And what I know from personal experience is the less I focus on myself and the more I focus on him, my worries and my anxieties disappear because I'm looking at his face. So Jesus, right now tonight, I wanna ask you, you know, over these next few moments, God, that we 
we bring all of our worries, we bring all of our anxieties, all of our addictions, all of our habits, and we just, we cast them on you. And God, we know that you promised you would meet us here. May we see your face. Jesus, I wanna thank you tonight that you said that we would, we would, we would see you when we seek you with all our hearts. And so Jesus, I just, I just ask you tonight to move in this place with heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been so tempted to give up on a promise. You've been so tempted to give up on a miracle. And right now you just need to ask Jesus, let me see your face. Fill me with the faith to keep going when circumstances are saying it's too late. It's not too late for you, sir. It's not too late for you, ma'am. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and that's, that's where the power is. Because Jesus, when he comes into our life, he pays for our sin, he power washes our soul, he makes us brand new, forgiven, we can walk in freedom and we actually have the power to overcome sin and temptation. But it starts by us giving our lives to Christ. And so if you're here tonight and you wanna give your life to Christ, I wanna lead you in a prayer from the stage. And, and there's nothing magic about this prayer. It's just declaring Jesus as Lord out loud. So I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. If you wanna ask Christ to come into your life, I want you to pray this with me and I want you to pray it out loud. As I say it, I want you to repeat it back to me out loud, but you're not gonna be praying it out loud alone because our entire Second Chance family is gonna pray it with you so you will know you're not by yourself in this journey. So if you wanna to pray to receive Christ, you pray this with me in Second Chance family, let's pray it with them. You say, Jesus Christ, I confess you are Lord. I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come in my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you just prayed that prayer and you just asked Christ to come into your life, you just made the best decision of your life. And I want to celebrate with you, and I want to celebrate you, and I want to pray for you right now. So if you'll do me a favor, if you just prayed that prayer, would you hold up your hand really high and just leave it high for a second? Amen, sir, right over here. Let me look right here. Amen, amen, right over here. I'm looking, amen, right? I, I see that. That's really high. Amen. Keep them up. Wow. Keep them up. Keep them up. This is absolutely amazing. God, you're so good. Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for every single hand that's in the air tonight. Jesus, you've been so faithful. You have, you have saved people all day in this house. And Father, I pray that as, as the people that just received you walked out, walk out tonight, they will know, Jesus, they are walking out made brand new. God, that you, that the potential in their life is absolutely unlimited. And Father, I pray for those tonight that are wrestling with faith and wrestling with doubt and wrestling. They would know, God, you, you make promises and you keep every one of those promises. That's who you are. You are faithful and you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agrees said, amen. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. God bless.